The Bible tells us the Lord will come as a thief in the night to most people, but not all. Therefore, we are to be sober and watching the signs of the times and to prepare for the Lord's soon return. On this edition of the End Time Show, I am asking the question, are you a watchman on the wall? Well, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of the End Time Show. Revelation 1-7 says, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. It's not going to be very long, folks, when the Lord will split the clouds wide open, and he's going to come back to gather his elect. And I want that to be on my radar. I don't want it to come upon me and I haven't prepared myself or I haven't been watching and knowing the signs of the times. I want to know what's coming. You understand, back in Noah's day, the flood came and even though Noah had been talking about it for years, just about everybody on earth but eight souls was totally oblivious. Noah had been telling them, folks, they would ask him, why are you building the ark? Sounds kind of like a a crazy project out here in the middle. It's never rained before, and you say it's good, there's going to be a flood, and you're building a big boat out here in the middle of the woods. And he said, listen to me. The Lord spoke to me, and it's going to rain. He's going to destroy the earth with a flood, and this is going to be our safe haven right here, this ark. Most people didn't pay any attention to him. Oh, yeah, Noah, I've heard all that before. Well, guess what? There came a day when it started to rain. And the Lord shut to the door. They couldn't get the door of the ark open. And they were destroyed by the flood. Well, the Bible says, just as it was in the days of Noah, that's what it's going to be like at the coming of the time of the coming of the Son of Man. Most people, the second coming of Jesus Christ, the times, the, th- the signs that we should be watching for, it's not even on their radar. They're not paying a bit of attention. All they're worried about is, hey, who's winning the next football game? Who's going to win the next basketball game? Do you see what I'm saying? And not, not just sports, there's many things. But I want the Lord's coming to be on my radar. I want to be watching for the signs. I want to know what's coming. And I want to be preparing myself, my family, my friends, my entire sphere of influence for that great day, because that's going to come. Revelation 16, 15 says, Behold, I come as a thief, but blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. For those who are have on the whole armor of God, they've prepared themselves to meet the Lord. Yes, for most people on the earth, the Lord will come as a thief in the night. They're not even paying attention, folks. But there will be a faction of people that have prepared themselves. They're watching. They understand the Bible. They have a a working knowledge of this wonderful book that has the words to eternal life. They understand the prophecies of the Bible. They know what's coming, and they know how to prepare. You know, in biblical times, 
the term watchman on the wall. You've heard that before. It referred to individuals who were really assigned the task of keeping watch and alerting others to the potential dangers or threats that would come to the city. The concept of this watchman on the wall is uh, primarily derived from the Old Testament, particularly the book of Isaiah. In these ancient cities, walls were constructed around the perimeter to provide protection from enemies and to serve as a defensive measure. So the watchmen were stationed on these walls, usually as strategic locations or lookout towers, to keep a vigilant watch over the city and its surroundings. And their responsibility was to observe any approaching armies, any messengers or other potential threats, and sound the alarm to warn the people within the city. So the role of the watchman extended beyond physical security to include spiritual and moral implications as well. They were expected to be alert and discerning, not only in terms of physical danger, but also regarding the spiritual well-being of the community. The watchmen were often seen as uh, prophetic figures, entrusted with the task of discerning and conveying God's messages or warnings to the people. So um, if you remember the prophet Isaiah, he makes references to these watchmen in several places, and he's emphasizing their importance and their responsibility. Uh, For example, if you remember um, Isaiah 62, I think down about verse 6, Isaiah says, On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have set watchmen. All the day and all the night, they shall never be silent. You who put the Lord in remembrance, take no rest. Always watching, diligently watching and making sure you see the signs of the times, what's coming down the road, and so that you can prepare people for that. So here these watchmen, they are portrayed as these tireless, be tireless in your duties, and to intercede on behalf of the people and remind them of their relationship with God. Watch the people. Make sure you are watching what's coming and help the people prepare. So overall, the watchmen on the wall symbolize the the need for spiritual vigilance, protection, discernment in the face of both physical and spiritual threats. And their role serves as a, a metaphor for believers' responsibility today to watch and to pray, remain alert to the challenges and dangers that may arise in their lives and communities. And so we are to be watchmen on the wall. It's not just for you to prepare yourself. Hey, I've got a relationship with the Lord. I don't care about anybody else, right? No, that's not the, that's not the attitude. It's for me to get myself ready And then once I get that set, and I know what I believe, and I'm obeying God, and I've got a relationship with the Lord, then I go out and help others. That was the goal. Jesus wasn't here just to win 12 apostles, or 12 disciples. He was here to train them to go out and reach others. And so that's our goal as watchmen on the wall. Prepare ourselves, and then go help to prepare others Because, folks, the signs of the times are happening all around us. These end times, letting us know Jesus Christ, His coming is just around the corner. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about being a watchman on the wall. I'm going to give you many of those signs 
that are happening all around us, letting us know that Jesus Christ is in fact coming back in just the very near future. There's many things. World government, world religion, um, precursors to the mark of the beast, efforts towards building a third temple, an Israeli-Palestinian peace agreement, um, a World War III scenario. There's many things that are happening around us right now that are supposed to be occurring just prior to the second coming of the Lord. So today I'm going to act as a watchman on the wall and help prepare you, show you what's coming so you'll know what to watch for. And that way you'll make sure you prepare yourself for the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ when he splits those clouds wide open and gathers his saints unto him. A voice spoke to me and said, I've got something I want to show you. I was so sure God had talked to me. And I was stunned by what I saw. A direct fulfillment of this over 2,500-year-old prophecy. The United States will stand with Israel. Why haven't I ever seen this before? One-third of humanity will die. What do these beasts symbolize? The lion, the bear, the leopard. The combined beast from Revelation 13 represents the end-time government of the Antichrist. Understanding the end time. Now available for pre-order at endtime.com slash ABC. Go to endtime.com slash ABC or call 800-END-TIME. Are you ready for an extraordinary journey to the region that is the focus of more end-time Bible prophecy than any other? Well, look no further. Join us on an unforgettable journey to Israel. Our adventure begins down in Jerusalem where we will teach on the Mount of Olives, sing at the Garden of Gethsemane, walk down through the Kidron Valley, then we'll make our way north, have a boat ride on the Sea of Galilee while visiting Joppa, Mount Carmel, baptize in the Jordan River, and so much more. Don't miss out on this incredible trip to Israel. Spaces are limited. Book your tour today. Visit endtime.com slash tour or call us at 1-800-END-TIME. Join us for an experience that you will never forget. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. back everybody and you saw that you saw or heard the tour ad there we're going back to israel october 4th through the 15th and we certainly would like for you to join us we do have some spots left we need that we've got some that we need to fill so if you'd like to go through us uh, with us to israel october 4th through the 15th call and talk to my wife Jana, or ask for Brittany moats and they can get you signed up 
they need to ticket here coming up in August. So pretty quick. And so uh, we got a few spots left. You want to go with us? Um, get signed up and we'll have a great time. I've never been on a bad Israel tour. Never. I've been, I'll be, I've been, I don't know, 15 or 20 times probably. And every time we've had spiritual experiences, we've had uh, moves of God, we've had great times in our college and just many different things. Seeing all the wonderful sights of Israel, you'll get to meet a lot of our acquaintances there, people that we know, people that are going to be influential in our end time thrust and what we're going to do in Israel. You get to meet a lot of the people that attend our Jerusalem Prophecy College. A lot of the students are there. And so what a great time it is. And it's helping us all prepare because we are going to be very, um, we're going to be very influential in what happens in this great end time revival in Israel. And to my knowledge, we're only there, there's just a few people that I know that are even talking about it. And of course, we work with the missionaries there, and a lot of different things are happening. And they just had a big camp meeting in our Jerusalem Prophecy College. I mean, a lot of things are happening. A lot of people don't know about. Well, we want you to experience that. And so we want you to go over there and want to introduce you to a bunch of people because end time is really vested in Israel in the end time. Most of the end time prophecies are centered right around Israel and Jerusalem. And so we're going to help um, we're going to help in that great effort in the end time. It's going to be really cool. Most of you already know that story, so I won't go into that. But if you want to go on the tour with us, sign up. And uh, it's, it's really a unique tour also because of the spiritual aspect. I have had people that have had a recognizable, their first experience, their first spiritual experience with the Lord. They've been to church for years and years and years, but a true spiritual experience, they experienced it on our tour for the first time, and they've come to me. I had a professor one time of a college come to me, and he said, Dave, this is the first day of the rest of my life after the baptisms. He said, unbelievable, I've never felt like this in my entire life. He thought he had it all together. He was a a wealthy man, a well-read man, but he said, I've never experienced this. And that's happened to me over and over and over. So uh, what a great tour uh, that we we will have in Israel in October 4th through the 15th. Now, watchman on the wall. Jesus said, Matthew chapter 24, verses 42 down through about 51, he said, watch therefore... For ye know not what hour the Lord doth come. But know this, that if the goodman of the house had known in, in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready. For in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man doth come. And so I want to make sure that we are watching. Now you have to tithe. You say, well, hey, that, you know, the, the Bible says no men know what the day or the hour. It does say that. But if you look at all the other prophecies that tie into all this, that's a present tense form of the word no. They couldn't know. The, the disciples did not understand the writings of Daniel, many different things. So don't get hung up on that one point. No man's going to know, so why even watch this stuff? No, we absolutely will know right down to, I'm not sure I could promise the hour but I know the seasons and the times that are going to be leading up to it. And so we're, and the Bible tells us to watch in many, many places. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1 through 8, the Apostle Paul, he was teaching um, the, the, them there about the times. And he says, but brethren, you that are here with me now, 
there's, you have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. That's going to be for most people on the earth. The people that are oblivious to it, it's going to come as a thief in the night. The Apostle Paul said, For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as travail upon a woman, and they shall not escape. But then he, ta- he goes from talking to them to talking to us. This happens many times in Bible prophecy. You've got to know when the, when the, the switch takes place. From when he goes from talking to them to talking to us. Jesus did it in Matthew 24 in the Olivet Discourse. He goes from talking to the disciples to talking to us when he's answering the question. It's the same thing the Apostle Paul does here. He says, men and brethren, you don't have any need I talk to you guys. You know that he's going to come as a thief in the night. But then he goes to talking to us and he says, but you, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. So he's saying, for most of the world, that's going to come upon them as a thief. But there are those that will be watchmen on the wall. Those that are watching, understanding the times, knowing what's coming. He's saying, that day won't overtake you as a thief. He said, you are children of the light and children of the day. We're not of the darkness nor of the night. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. If there's no way we could know when the Lord was coming back, what's the point in watching? What's the point in discerning the signs of the times? The um, book of Daniel, Daniel 11, 32 and 33, Daniel said, During the time of the Antichrist, but the people that do know their God shall be strong into exploits, and they that understand the book that he wrote, they that understand these prophecies and these things concerning the end time, they that understand among the people shall instruct many. So in the end time, we are to understand the times, be watching and instructing others. So my question to you today is, are you a watchman on the wall? Are you a true disciple of Jesus Christ? Are you watching, discerning the times, and then not only preparing yourself, but preparing others? Now, folks, let me tell you, end-time prophecies are being fulfilled all around us. And they let us know the second coming of Jesus is very, very near. All of these prophecies are supposed to occur just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, because I get emails and stuff from literally all over the world, many folks are completely oblivious. Okay? I'm on radio and television programs all the time, interviews and different things. Many of them, I have to send them questions to ask me about Bible prophecy. They don't even know what to ask. And that's, that's fine, because they simply don't understand. I get it. I have no problem doing that. But I'm telling you, how, if you don't understand, how can you watch? And so we have been called to be watchmen on the walls, to help them, not only ourselves, but to prepare other people so they can help prepare their friends and family and sphere of influence, people that I can't get to. So let me give you a few examples of these things that we need to be watching for because it's very, very important that you and I understand what's coming in, the, in just prior to the second coming. Now, the first one I want to get into, and I want to show you how this is coming to pass as we speak. There's people already talking about it, and it's already happened. So, back in, uh, I'll give you just a condensed version of this, because I think Doug's going to take a deep dive into it on tomorrow's program. But 
Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel chapter 2, he has a vision, but he couldn't remember what the vision was. He has a dream. And so he calls in all of his soothsayers and his, uh, his wise men and everything, and he says, okay, I had a dream last night. I can't remember the dream, so here's what I want you guys to do. I want you to tell me what the dream was, and then I want you to give me its interpretation. And they said, oh, king, no problem. Tell us what the dream was. And we'll give you the interpretation. He says, I just told you, I can't remember what the dream was. So I want you to tell me the dream. You guys are all spiritual, supposedly wise men. Tell me what the dream was and tell me the interpretation. And they said, "Uh, nobody, this is too hard. Nobody's ever asked this of their wise men or their soothsayers and magicians and everything. And he says, just what I thought. You guys are a bunch of charlatans. You don't have a clue. Uh, what you're doing, you're, you've all been lying to me this whole time, so I'm killing all of you. He was going to put them all to death. Well, Daniel, the prophet Daniel, just happened to be one of the wise men in Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom. He was taken down there in Babylonian captivity, and he was um, favored by the king because he was a very wise man, and he had, God had blessed him in captivity. So when... Daniel, they come to him to get him. He said, now hold on a minute. I know I'm going to die someday, so I'm not afraid of that, but tell me what I'm dying for. And they said, well, the king had a dream. He couldn't remember it. He asked all the magicians and wise men to tell him the dream and the interpretation. They couldn't do it. So he's putting them all to death, and you're one of them. He said, well, I'll tell you what. I can't do it, but I serve a God that can. So let me have a time of prayer and fasting, and then we'll, I'll go before the king. And he did that. God revealed to him the vision of the dream. So he goes before the king and he said, Nebuchadnezzar, my God, I can't do this on my own, but my God has given me the interpretation of this dream and your dream. Nebuchadnezzar says, go. So uh, Daniel says, you had a dream and you saw a vision of a statue. It had the head of gold, arms and breasts of silver, belly and thighs of brass, legs of iron, and feet of iron mingled with clay. And Nebuchadnezzar says, oh my goodness, that is the dream. You do serve a God that can interpret, that can reveal dreams. He said, but I want the interpretation. Daniel says, no problem, my God gave me that as well. The interpretation is, is that, and I'm going to, again, I'm going to condense this down, but there are five empires that will rule from five global empires that will rule the entire world during their era, that will rule from you until the God of heaven comes back to establish His kingdom on the earth, which shall never be destroyed and never pass away. So it's going to be, we know now, it's going to have been about 2,500 years, this entire vision. And Daniel says, you, King Nebuchadnezzar, your empire is going to be the head of gold. And then after you is going to come in somebody that will is going to come, take over from you, and it's going to be the arms and breasts of silver. And then the, the, um, another one's going to come in after that, which will rule over all the earth. That's going to be the belly and thighs of brass. Well, all of these, he, he reveals to him, these will be different global governing empires that will rule the world from him all the way to when the God of heaven comes back to establish his kingdom here on the earth. So we know now, historically, what those five empires are. By the way, everybody... In Daniel 2, I know it's commonly taught that there are only four empires, but there are actually five. 
If you try to figure all this stuff out where there's only four empires, you're going to be stuck in a lot of places. You won't understand this new story I'm fixing to go through for you. So you've got to understand there are five empires, not four. And if you look through history, the Nebuchadnezzar was the Babylonian Empire. The arms and breast of silver were the Medes and the Persians that took over and that defeated um, Belshazzar. The night of his feast, where the handwriting on the wall, meeny, meeny, tickle, you farson. Um, that night, the Medes and the Persians invaded and defeated the Babylonian Empire. Then the Medes and the Persians took over. That's when there was uh, King Darius and King Cyrus. And then Alexander the Great and the, the Grecian Empire took over and defeated the Medes and the Persians. They ruled the known world during their era. Then the Roman Empire took over. They ruled the world during the time of Jesus. That's why there were Roman soldiers at Jesus' um, crucifixion. And that's why he was taken before a Roman judge, Pontius Pilate. And then, the, then that was defeated. Uh, that kind of imploded pretty much. But that was kind of, uh, that went off the scene in about 284 A.D. It lasted almost 500 years. And so after that, it, there was about a 500-year span, and that was the, leg, the uh, head of gold, arms of brass, silver, belly and thighs of brass, legs of iron. The legs of iron was the Roman Empire, but then there was a fifth one, the feet of iron mingled with clay. It was a fifth empire that would rule the world up until the, second, up until the, the time when the God of heaven would establish his kingdom here on the earth. The fifth empire we now know in history was the Holy Roman Empire. The Roman Empire, the legs of iron, it, this next empire was going to have an element of the previous empire, but something else was going to be added in. And it was the Holy Roman Empire. It started in 800 A.D. It lasted until about 1806 A.D. when Napoleon defeated King Francis II. And then everybody thought, well, the dream of a unified Europe, that's done. However, the dream never died. Because it was reborn in November of 2009 when the European Union signed the Lisbon Treaty. And that was the rebirth of the Holy Roman Empire. Now again, Doug's going to take a deep dive into all this tomorrow. I left out so much that he's going to cover with you. But the fact of the matter is, is that the Holy Roman Empire is reborn today. And what they're trying to do, they're establishing this final global empire that will rule the world up to the time of the, of the second coming of Jesus Christ, when the God of heaven will come back to establish his kingdom here on the earth. All of that happens at the same time. The rapture, second coming, God establishing his kingdom here on the earth, all of that is one continuous event there, and you'll, you'll understand. I mean, we could go through it, the rapture and all that, but I'm not going to take time to do that on today's program. But it's very important that we understand. I'm going to take you through some news articles to show you how these things are coming to pass as we speak. People are already talking about the EU as the dream of a global empire. Folks, it's being fulfilled. This is a 2,500-year-old prophecy. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. 
I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself. You are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is. That's where our reward is. End time is not going anywhere. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time. Understand how you fit in and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800 in time. That's 800-363-8463. So we're talking about being a watchman on the wall, right? What does the Lord say? What does the Bible tell us is going to be uh, these events that we're watching for that will be lead up to his second coming? Again, this is a 2,500-year-old prophecy. This final empire that will rule the world, this European Union. Well, you say, well, Dave, hold on a minute. After World War II, the United States kind of established, pretty much established itself as the, um, the leader of this new world order, this world governing system. Here's the deal. The Bible tells us that we will slide off of that position as the global leader. We are not a world government. The United States isn't. And we have been the leader in the eyes of the international community of this new world order, but we're not a world government. This prophecy of Daniel and many other places is prophesying about a true, dictatorial, totalitarian, world-governing system led by an Antichrist. That's not going to be the United States. The United States is not the... um, Somebody called us Mystery Babylon the other day. The United States is not Mystery Babylon either. And so the, the Mystery Babylon is the false church, the false religious system in the end time, and the leader of that, which is Rome. And then the... The EU, the European Union, is the current rebirth of the Holy Roman Empire, which is, will be the, the power base of the Antichrist at any time. That, the, the powers, the world governing powers, are going to shift from the United States over to the European Union, but it's not going to be like a, um, the United States has done, but just kind of trying to influence people. They are going to have dictatorial powers. It's going to be under the thumb of the Antichrist before it's over with. So this EU situation is the dream of a global empire. Well, it's, and it's supposed to be in power up to the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Well, that's where we're at, folks. I got an article here called, it's from the conservative woman. And the title of the article says, Canada, here we, go, here we come, the EU dream, the European Union dream of a global empire. Now, I only took a few excerpts from this article because it's got a lot I want to go through before the end of the program. But 
listen at this when we talk about the European Union and a global empire that was prophesied back in Daniel chapter 2, 2,500 years ago. It states, and I'm quoting, influential figures in the European arm of Western-oriented globalization wanted to change the world to their progressive design. And that entails branding the European Union as a global venture. In the latest edition of Foreign Affairs magazine, House Bulletin of the Council on Foreign Relations, an American think tank specializing in U.S. foreign policy and international relations, a gentleman named Garton Ash argues that the stand, to stand up to Russian aggression, the EU must itself take on some of the characteristics of an empire. And folks, I'm telling you, this is coming. With its strategic and considerably more powerful accomplice, the U.S., the European superstate, is striving towards global government. This is what the Bible is prophesying will be in power at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. This feet of iron mingled with clay, this current European Union situation, the rebirth of the Holy Roman Empire. It's not just the Roman Empire, which was here when Jesus was on earth, but it's the Holy Roman Empire. It's feet of iron, the Roman element, but it's clay, a religious element that has, been, uh, that has come into the equation here. And the Holy Roman Empire was always ran by the most powerful political leader from Europe, the, um, who was Charlemagne in the beginning, and then the most powerful religious leader from Rome always throughout, which was the Pope. That's the exact same way it's going to be ran at the time that the Lord comes back to establish His kingdom here on the earth. So that's exactly what these guys are proposing here. A European superstate that is striving towards a global government. Whereas, it goes on to say, NATO acts as the military force of the New World Order. The EU is the political vanguard. Division of the world in three major players, into three major players, is remarkably consistent with George Orwell's 1984, in which the West becomes Oceania, alternatively, um, at war with Eurasia, or Russia, and East Asia, China. Then it says, is the EU already central to Oceania? He says, as I suggested previously on, the UK, on a UK column, the blue and yellow of the EU flag is a color scheme so ubiquitously used for virtuous causes, although the Ukrainian flag may be coincidental, that it seems to be programming people for a globalized entity. Okay? Recently, the EU's digital vaccination passport was adopted by the World Health Organization as the global standard for future health crises. For those of us who voted for Brexit, the EU is like the Hotel California of the Eagles song. You can check in, but you can never leave. That's what that's what people are, some of the nations would love to do now because they found out that they've been trapped, but now they're trapped by the illusions of others. And that's the Parliament building in Brussels, Belgium. As a progressive empire, I'm quoting from the article here, as a progressive empire, the EU can be a force for good. Like, and this is, I'm quoting still, like the Holy Roman Empire, which lasted for centuries across Western Europe and Persia. So, they actually, this article actually looks at EU, the EU, as a current Holy Roman Empire. Well, that's exactly what the Bible says is going to be in power when the second coming of Jesus Christ occurs, folks. 
And then it goes on to say, as I wrote on this, on its similarity to the Holy Roman Empire, the EU is more powerful than ever, yet also more detached. It reigns supreme in the cosmopolitan cities, in the financial centers, and on university campuses. Berlin, Heidelberg, Den Haag, um, Frankfurt am Main, Gothenburg, Barcelona, Fiorentina. These islands of the liberal intelligentsia look uh, condescendingly on the masses. They're looking down on people. We have the power. We have the intelligentsia of society. So Garton Ash urges the EU to look outwards to build its sphere of influence. Now, some might say that the U.S. has the brawn and the EU has the brain. But in Timothy's world, Brussels must not be shy of wielding its power. The EU must work with Washington to beat the Russian bear. Does that sound prophetic? The Russian bear in Daniel chapter 7? Daniel saw four beasts. One was lined with eagle's wings, a bear, a four-headed leopard, and the ten-horned beast. This article, talking about the Holy Roman Empire, very prophetic, said that the EU must work with Washington to beat the Russian bear and prepare for the bigger battle with China. Now, folks, here we are talking about a 2,500-year-old prophecy of a Holy Roman Empire that would be established and be in power, led by the Antichrist and whoever the Pope is at the time of the Antichrist, all the way to the second coming of Jesus Christ. That was reborn. The Holy Roman Empire was reborn on November of 2009 when they signed the Lisbon Treaty. And now you have articles coming out. I've got many of these articles. This is just one I saw within the last few days of them talking about the EU as being a global superpower and being very recognizable and almost a mirror image of the Holy Roman Empire. Well, that's exactly what it is. Charlemagne was the first emperor of the Holy Roman Empire. They call him the father of Europe. And you have the building where you want to go to be part of the EU. Where do you have to go to sign up? The Charlemagne building. You have the, the Economist magazine, which is the most influential periodical um, in Europe, it is the, and, many, and most people think around the world, it is the periodical of kings and presidents. And there's one page in that magazine every month devoted to the unification of Europe. And what's the name of the page? The Charlie Mang page. They put Charlie Mang on their first coin. I mean, these people know exactly what they're doing. You have the, uh, there's a prize given every year. To the individual, a, a king, a president, a, 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 a politician that has been influential in the unification of Europe for that year. It's called the Charlemagne Prize. Uh, Bill Clinton uh, has won the Charlemagne Prize. So, because he was very influential in some of the unification efforts of a European Union. So, the, the, Daniel prophesied 2,500 uh, years ago that this last world empire would be in place and in power at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. Folks, we're not very far off from the second coming. And what do we have to do? What am I doing today? I'm being a watchman on the wall. I'm showing you that he's not very far off. Let's make sure you're prepared for that. It's not just me giving you news article after news article and sensationalizing stuff and getting you stirred up and boy, you know, we had a great program today. That's not what it's all about. That's part of it. 
But my main goal is to make sure you're prepared to meet the Lord at at His soon return. You know, I was... um, One of the parts of my job here, I should say my calling, is that I have had... I've had to marry people. I mean, as a minister, you've got to marry people. And the problem is, sometimes you've got to bury them. And I was... Oh, uh, I had to do a funeral the other day to a gentleman that I uh, had baptized years ago. He came through our Bible studies and different things, but I had to give, I had to speak at his memorial service, and thank God he had been baptized and and had come through the Bible studies and done his best to prepare himself to meet the Lord. Because folks, none of us are promised tomorrow morning. As I was speaking. In the, as I was preparing this uh, memorial uh, sermon that I had to give, I think it was last Wednesday, and I was thankful to be able that, to say that he had come through our, bapti- our uh, Bible studies and I had baptized him in things, but I've had to speak at some in the past that I, didn't, I wasn't for sure what was going on and, and, how, and were they prepared or not. And so it's, it's two different situations here, right? We're all, if, if, if God tarries, if, if for some reason this thing pushes out another several years, we may, everybody listening to me, you're either going to go by the way of the rapture or you're going to go by the way of the grave. There's only two ways to get out of here. And so how will you have prepared? A watchman on the wall would be making sure, hey, Here's some things coming down the line. Are you prepared? That's what the watchman on the wall's job was. To prepare the city. Hey, look what's coming. There's there's a danger coming or there's a messenger coming. Everybody inside, get ready to greet whoever's coming. Whether it's to arms or if it's to receive a messenger or a band of people that are coming in. The, The messenger was to tell everybody what was going on and to prepare them. And so our job today as watchmen on the wall, many times it says in the Bible, watch, watch, be a watcher, be watchful, be sober. And so I'm telling you today that all of the prophecies that are supposed to be coming to pass just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ have either, most of them have already already been fulfilled, they're happening right now, or we're watching precursors to every single one of them. So make sure... If you, if you have not been born again, make sure you're born again today. Go to endtime.com slash endtime slash reborn. Read the born again brochure and make sure you understand that you've done everything you can to prepare for the second coming of Jesus Christ. If you need help with any of that, give us a call. 1-800-END-TIME. And we can help you out. We can find you a church. We can do whatever we need to do to make sure you're ready to go. Because that's what we're doing as watchmen. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills. But God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV. And now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online with End Time Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the end time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. 
We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you, and we love you. Now, folks, I, I want to tell you in my last segment here as we go into this that I have enough articles to go for hours and hours today. I'm only going to get to probably go through a couple, two or three here to show you how all this stuff's coming down. But I just, I, I, I just look, I looked through the news last evening and it was just article after article after article. That was very prophetic. This is happening. That that's happening. Look what's going on here. And this around the world, all of these prophecies are happening. Listen at this. The PJ Media. We, now, we've talked about world government many, many times. It's one of my candy stick issues. But it's the thing that every single person on the earth will deal with. And I want to make sure we understand about it. It's not a good thing. So the PJ Media... Uh, and it's prophesied in Revelation chapter 13. You understand the combo beast, the body of the leopard, feet of the bear, mouth of the lion, ten horns of the ten horn kingdom. It's a world governing body. These beasts represent nations, okay? That's the quickest explanation I can give you. But it's a world governing body. It's going to be ran by the Antichrist. And the world religion will be ran by the, the Pope, whoever the uh, false prophet is. However, world government in the end time. It's going to be ruled by the Antichrist, and it will be in power all the way to the second coming of Jesus Christ. The European Union will be the power base of that world-governing body. Well, they're working on this. It's been happening for decades now. We're at the culmination of it. They need a big crisis to get this thing across the finish line, where the nations will be willing to yield up their sovereignty to a world-governing body. That's going to be World War III, folks. I'm telling you right now, World War III will be the entrance ramp for this fully functioning world governing body and an entrance ramp for the Antichrist. World War III. It's coming. It's prophesied. In my opinion, now I'm saying my opinion because it's, it's either the, the world, uh, world War or the Peace Agreement. In my opinion, it looks like the war will happen first and the Peace Agreement will be signed right on the heels of that and then we move off into the final seven years. But to get a fully functioning world governing body, they're going to have to have a war. Nothing else. Climate change, nothing else. The, the climate change propaganda, none of that is getting the nations to yield up their sovereignty fully in their armies and everything to this world governing body. But one third of the world's population destroyed. Nations will be willing, in the name of peace and safety and security, they're going to be willing to, to tear down their borders create a global state that answers to a world governing body. That's coming, folks, as sure as we're sitting here talking today. It's, it's prophecy, like all the other prophecies have come to pass, that's coming. On the heels of that war, we're going to enter into a fully functioning world governing body. And that's going to be the entity that runs the world until the second coming of Jesus Christ. PJ Media, they posted an article, um, Dystopia. The United Nations is to host a global governance summit in 2024. These people are not trying to hide what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. They're trying to create a world governing body. 
The United Nations is the seat of that world governing body, folks. So the article states, I pulled a few excerpts. They say, you will own nothing, you will eat bugs, you will bow before your foreign overlords because you are peasants. The United Nations, the same organization with a long history of pandering to tyrants and terrorists, is planning a summit on global governance. Global governance is world government, folks. They're planning this world government summit for next year, 2024. And it says the new world order is nigh if we don't stop it. Well, I got news. We're not going to be able to stop it. Not going to, the Bible says it's coming. It's coming. Now, we don't have to be a part of it, but we're not going to be able to stop it. When the Bible says there's going to be a world government and the Antichrist is going to rule that, that's happening. But I'm going to do my best to resist being a part of that. The summit of the future is set to take place in September of 24. That's what they call this world governing summit. And on the United Nations website, it states this. Listen closely. Major global shocks in recent years, including COVID-19 pandemic, the Ukraine war, and the triple planetary crisis among others, have challenged our international institutions. Stop the presses right here. International institutions. We signed a Declaration of Independence. Nations of the world are supposed to be sovereign nations, right? That's not the goal here. They want international institutions to run an international global government is what they want. So, you have the United Nations, the World Health Organization, the World Trade Organization, the uh, International Monetary Fund, the International Monetary Fund, the International Criminal Court. What all are those entities designed to do to run the globe, an international world government? Not a, the government of the United States of America, but this is the international. So it says, these pandemics and the war and all these different things have challenged our international, our world governing system international institutions. Unity around our shared principles and common goals is both crucial and urgent. So, I'm quoting from the United Nations website, the summit of the future is a a once-in-a-generation opportunity to enhance cooperation on critical challenges and address gaps in global governance or world government. Where can we not sink our teeth into something where we really want to? That's what they're saying. And it goes on to say that they reaffirm existing commitments, including to the Sustainable Development Goals, which is the socialistic blueprint of the United Nations to govern the world, and the United Nations Charter, which was the architect of the United Nations Charter was Alger Hiss and some of his compadres, and he was a communist spy, folks. So you, you don't even have to question what they're really trying to do. And it says, and to move towards a a reinvigorated multilateral or all the nations working together system that is better positioned to positively impact people's lives. Building on the SDG Summit this year in 2023, member states will consider ways to lay the foundations for more effective global cooperation so they can deal with today's challenges as well as new threats in the future. It's world government is what it is. But... We've got all these crises. Aren't you scared of all the crises? We've had all these crises. Now we need to give more power to the world government to govern all that.
So, it goes on to say the SDGs, the Sustainable Development Goals, and the 2030 Agenda, another United Nations initiative, they're based on the unscientific climate hoax. It's human-induced warming, which leads to climate change. And, of course, the elites don't really believe their own climate fear-mongering, or they'd stop buying their uh, and flying their private jets, right, around everywhere, and, and they'd quit buying beachfront properties. Think about this. President Obama was all about climate change, right? Oh, climate change. The oceans are going to rise. It could flood America all the way over into Indiana and stuff like that. Why did he go buy a beachfront property if he thinks the oceans are going to rise to the point where they could potentially be, his house could be underwater? Why would you do that? Because it's not about human-induced global warming, which is climate change. That's total propaganda. All they need is a crisis big enough to scare you into moving off the oil and gas industry and buying an electric car. <gasps> that we're going to burn the planet up if we keep driving uh, um, gas-powered vehicles. Folks, it's all a big hoax. I mean, hey, look, despite 50 years of inconsistently wrong climate predictions, think about that. Over the last at least 50 years, probably longer than that, None of these climate predictions have, been, have come to pass. Not one, folks. The polar bears are thriving. The polar ice caps, in the summertime, they start to melt off. In the wintertime, they refreeze. That's why they get smaller and bigger. They've been doing that since this planet was created by God thousands of years ago. God is in absolute control of this. God created our atmosphere. God created everything. God created rain, God created lava, God created tornadoes, God created everything. If a tornado happens, it's because God allowed it to happen. And so, all of these years of inconsistent climate predictions, things that have not, uh, they've not occurred. Originally it was an ice age, and now there's global warming, and since they proved that not to be true, now it's climate change where they can blame everything on that. And, it, it, folks, it's, it's utter propaganda. But it's still a convenient tool to justify confiscating freedoms and property, right? And to redistribute the wealth of the world. And so, this is world government. You know, obviously not that these UN oligarchs will snack on crickets or anything or give up their cars and jets and stop buying new clothes. I mean, no, no, no. Those rules are only for the rest of us. It's all a ploy to transform the world into a globalist, authoritarian utopia. That's what's going on in the world right now. World Government 101. You hear all of this. Uh, Look at how they're pushing. Joe Biden said in one of the debates with Donald Trump, we need to move off of the oil and gas industry. So I live in Texas. So when you say move off of the oil and gas industry in Texas, I just did a prophecy conference down in Vider, Texas which is all the way down in oil country. It's right down on the Gulf. And when I told them Joe Biden had said, we're going to move off the oil and gas industry, the place almost erupted. Because that's crazy. You need oil for everything, just about everything. All plastics and everything. And look at all the millions and millions and millions of vehicles on the road today that are running on oil and gas and diesel. 
And yet they say within just a few years we want to do away with all of that and everybody have an uh, electric vehicle with a, that runs on a battery, a charged battery. Well, what happens to the resale value of those electric vehicles when the batteries start going bad? Batteries don't last forever, you understand. What happens to the resale? That's why I'm watching. What happens in 10 or 15 years when the re, to the resale value of those things when the battery goes bad and you've got to pay $30,000 to buy a new battery? I mean, come on, you guys. So this is world government. There's a spin. The United Nations is socialistic. Everything that comes out of there is socialistic. If it's an agenda... Human-induced global warming leads to climate change. The global compact on migration, everything is about wealth redistribution, managing the world. It's all about socialism, communism, control, control, control. These are the things that are supposed to be happening all just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. This is all Bible prophecy. And so we want to make sure you're aware of it. Man, I've got i got so many articles, it's unreal that I could go through today. I'll probably have to do it Wednesday unless I go have to do a TV show or something. But that's what myself, Doug, Vince, that's what we're doing here every day. That's what endtime.com is all about. That's what all of our Facebook pages are all about. A radio, television, End Time magazine, our prophecy conferences, the Jerusalem Prophecy College. Everything we do is designed for us to be watchmen on the wall. And it's, it's designed to prepare you to be a watchman on the wall, to prepare yourself to meet Jesus Christ when he comes and to give it to your friends, family, and their sphere of influence. It's of utmost, there's nothing more important than this, folks. And so, wow, I hope that you are a watchman on the wall, that you've prepared yourself, that you understand these things. If not, get in an end time Bible study. Go to the Jerusalem Prophecy College and sign up. Go through the college. It'll take you through all of these things. Buy our new DVD series that we have coming out, Understanding the End Time. It's brand new, updated information. Go to endtime.com. Purchase a set today. God bless.